was 51 minutes long. Hi, I'm Melissa, and I have a story about a Yelp review that got to the California Supreme Court. Did you know that this highest paid Hollywood actor started out in theme parks? What do all of these stories have to do with the word jerk? Find out in this episode of History Bluffs. Hello and welcome to another episode of History Bluffs. It's where truth is stranger than fiction. I want to welcome to the show, it's your host, it's Chris! Hello, hello and welcome everyone, welcome back to another episode of History Bluffs. My name is Chris and I am indeed the host for this evening's festivities. Uh, Once again, we have three fantastic historians to regale us with some historical stories inspired by the word jerk. Uh, But before we get to that, I'm going to introduce one more time our... Tech extraordinaire, give it up for Adam. Hello, Adam. Uh, hey, thank you. Good to be here, Chris. I'm happy to support. Here. Let's do yes, this show. Indeed. And just a real quick uh, question for you, Adam. Yeah. Did, did you hear Gina at the top, or was she muffled a little bit? Oh, there was a little bit of a stickiness there, so All she's right. going so to have to reiterate yeah. her point. But yeah, uh, we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll get to that real quick right now. Uh, Gina, just tell us the premise of your story real quick because we didn't. Oh, my story is. Is yeah. this better? Is this working? Yep. Is this yep. okay? Good, good. Oh, yeah. My you're, story you're is good. about. Oh, sorry, Adam. What? You're good. You're good. You're good. Okay. Um, it's about a comedian, and I'll just tell you more as we go because you know. All right. Will... We lost yeah. at the beginning. So, uh, all right, uh, Ginny, you doing good? Mad. Yeah, I'm doing great. Right. I'm not mad welcome. about that at all. Welcome, welcome <laughs> to the show. Glad you're not mad. Uh, and Melissa, how are you? I'm doing great. Fantastic. Are you good mad? to have you back on the show. And uh, Alan, how are you? I'm doing quite well. I uh, I don't feel like a jerk. Okay. Oh, uh, there it is. It's was, right there. It's it in the name right, of the show. It was sitting right there. It's the name uh, of the show. All right. And because, uh, speaking of yeah. the show, uh, Adam, if uh-huh. you don't mind, would you put up the rules of the show so we could speak about the show? Ah, yeah. Let's do that. We have uh, we have some rules. They're going to be on your screen here for those of you watching. For those of you who are not, Chris is going to tell you. Here they are. So uh, the historian rules. The historian's stories are inspired by the topic. Tonight's topic, as we mentioned, is the word jerk. Uh, Two of our historians are telling truthful stories, and one of our historians is bluffing. So the true stories are factual stories. The bluff story is a made-up fictional story. It could be based on a true person could take place in a true location, but the premise, the overall premise of the bluff story is fictional. Um, and we ask that no audience help uh, be involved, meaning we don't want anyone to use any kind of search engine or any, uh, any books or anything to uh, debunk any of the premises of our, I know, at least not at the beginning, not during the story, uh, not during the, the rounds of the story. And speaking of rounds, we have three rounds. So each of our historians will have three rounds to tell their story and the rounds get successively shorter the first round is 75 seconds the second round is 60 seconds and the third conclusion round is 45 seconds and at the end of that round then we ask for all the debunking in the world uh and uh, we because we will be making accusations left and right about which of our three historians is tonight's bluff so uh to get us started 
we're just going to go right into it. Uh, so, uh, yeah, Adam, that's... would you throw up the uh, not throw up? Would you place <laughs> on screen <laughs> the round tracker <laughs> nine thousand? Here, here it comes. There. Oh, ah, Ooh. there it is. There it that's is. That's way more elegant than we thought that was going to go. Uh, very elegant indeed. So, ladies and gentlemen, for those of you listening, not watching, above my head we have the round tracker. 9,000, which tracks each of the three rounds. It tells us how many of our three historians have gone for that round. And right now, it's all empty because we have not yet started. What that means is, Adam, we have to get to round number one. All right. Here we are, Chris. We're in round number one. Round number one. So that's that's science. Yes, that's science indeed. (laughs) Uh, And and math. Science and a little bit of math. That's Uh, true. We are... We are going to uh, begin uh, with, as I mentioned, the three historians each getting 75 seconds to tell us the opening premise, uh, the opening portion of their story. Uh, And I'm going to go in alphabetical order here. I'm going to have Alan come on first. Mm. So, Alan, you and I are going to switch places. You have the main box there. Uh, And when you see the sundial and you hear the boom, you're going to have 75 seconds to start your story. The floor is yours. Okay. Well, the jerk. Yes, of course, Steve Martin. Uh, actually started out uh, performing in theme parks out in the Southern California area. He first uh, was in Disneyland, and um, yeah, he was uh, he was actually a child, uh, ten years old. So I guess the child labor laws were a little bit different back in the fifties. He was uh, handing out guidebooks, and his role uh, was uh, basically to uh, guide people around, um, showing off things like the times of day that uh, the Opera House uh, had their shows on Main Street. and uh, But that wasn't the only theme park that uh, Steve Martin was in, because obviously he wasn't a professional comedian at age 10. It was later on that he moved on to a different theme park, um, which was the Knott's Berry Farm. And he was between the ages of 18 and 22 years old when he first started working at Knott's Berry Farm. And I'll get more into that in the next round. Wow. Very interesting. Very interesting indeed. Uh, Gina, what did you think of Alan's opening there uh, about the background of Steve Martin? Well, I just think that it it, uh, uh, doesn't, you know, like today's world reflect art. And I think that the Arizona governor um, has passed new child labor laws. And Steve Martin would have been perfectly legal to work in Arizona the, today in, in this day and age. I think so. Like, so at 10 years old. 10 years wow. old. So, yeah. So if they didn't have those laws back then, then he's lying. If they did, because I think they were a little more lackadaisical than I am so far. I'm in. I'm in for the ride. Okay. Plausible. Plausible, she says. Uh, mm-hmm. Melissa, what do you think of Alan's opening round? Yeah, so I think my problem with buying Steve Martin um, performing so young as like a tour guide in the parks, if I understand correctly, is I even when he was young, he always had like gray or white hair. And I feel like <laughs> if I saw a child with that color of hair guiding people around, I would be on edge. So that's my that's my take. <laughs> All right. This he really has a lot of edgy. soot on his hair. <laughs> yeah. uh, yes, indeed. Uh, Maybe they didn't think right. he was 10. He had white hair. They're like, oh, you can't possibly be in grade school. Oh, he's a chimney sweep. He didn't wear that little cap. That's why they give it to him. 
<laughs> tap dancing is way around the park. So, uh, all right, Gina, you're going to be next. So I'm going to switch places with you, Gina. And okay. uh, we are going to have you, when you see the sundial and you hear the boom, you're going to have 75 seconds for your opening round. So Alan and I didn't have much time uh, to discuss before this, and I'm going to do something that's sort of related to The Jerk as well. The Jerk is one of my favorite movies, and it was actually uh, written by a gentleman named Carl Reiner. And I'm going to, I'm tangentially going to go into um, Carl Reiner was best friends with Mel Brooks ever since they met every single night. Well, I should say ever since they met and ever since Jeopardy started, the two gentlemen um, went to each other's houses and they would have dinner together and watch Jeopardy ever since uh, they were young until he died uh, during COVID. And during COVID, uh, Mel Brooks decided to write his um, autobiography uh, to tell the story about his life, uh, Mel, uh, Mel Brooks and uh, Carl Viner and their relationship and how they got started. Uh, so when Mel Brooks was little, and a lot of people don't know this, they, they know him from Young Frankenstein and Blazing Saddles and all the movies that he made. Uh, but when he was a little kid, um, he was born instead of he always says instead of a silver spoon in my mouth I was born on the on a kitchen table in Brooklyn and he was uh, he literally was born in his home on a table and uh, when he uh, was 18 years old he actually went into the army and he was in World War II so he did get to see a lot of his um, uh, countrymen and his uh, Jewish uh, compatriots um, unfortunately be taken away in in the sad places that they were but to make up for the time he would sing and he would dance and soon he was discovered by uh, the Stars and Stripes the magazine for the army where they wrote that he is the next star to be born. Mm, interesting, interesting. It is quiet, right. everybody. Everybody's so quiet. Yeah, well, I think we're all taking in all that information. For me, uh, I also was born in Brooklyn, so I, and, and uh, Mel Brooks on a was table? my favorite. Not on, not on a table, but Mel Brooks oh, was okay. one of my favorites. I, uh, I, was, so I was quiet because I was trying to learn how to spell Carl Reiner. For the uh, over, that's <laughs> yeah. what I was doing. Why you're not looking on Google, are you? No, just for the name. Just gotta spell it. I'm exempt right. from those rules. I am the tech. Behold, Melissa. I am the tech. Melissa, what did you think of Gina's opening story about Mel Brooks? Yeah, so I love Mel Brooks. Uh, my my beef though right now is the idea that you could sit down with a friend and watch Jeopardy every night and have that be a friendly ordeal. I think anybody <laughs> I've ever watched Jeopardy with, so I've just been like competitive and yeah. argumentative, which maybe speaks more about me. But the, I, I, have, I have questions about how that works, I guess. Okay. <laughs> we can't um, ask about... that I died. Mm. Yeah, well, Alan, what do you think of Gina's story? I just want to get the story straight. It's not Carl Reiner born on a table. This is Mel Brooks. No. This Mel is Mel Brooks. Brooks. I'm uh, sorry, Carl Brooks. Reiner got me to Mel Brooks. Okay, all right. So <laughs> Mel Brooks, okay. born on a table in Brooklyn. Uh, potentially, this could be completely made up. That'd be a great made-up story. <laughs> <laughs> that would. What are you talking about? I was born in a hospital like everyone else. What are you talking about? Meshuggah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> presumably. Oh, I'm, yeah, I'm just disappointed that's... because I didn't have to spell Carl Reiner. I could have just spelled Mel Brooks, which is easy to spell, <laughs> and I wasted time in Google. Well, and well, here we are. Yeah, Adam, you could just call it Mel. Call it Carl Reiner's best friend. Yeah, Come yeah, on. yeah, yeah. There you go. If you got that, that you're golden. <laughs> it's gonna be long. It's gonna cover the sundial. But all right. You could also put real name Melvin Kaminsky. <laughs> Melvin Kaminsky. All right. Well, let's see what we do. All right. We now see two of the three dots in round number one filled, and then round track for nine thousand. So that means we have to hear from Melissa and her opening story. So Melissa, you and I are going to switch spots. You're now in the big square. Uh, when you see the sundial and you hear the boom, you have 35 seconds to tell us your opening round. All right. So we all know Yelp. 
the review website that can be the go-to place for tips on the best places in town to eat, drink, whatever. Or it could be the place where jerks go to vent out their frustrations on small businesses. In 2016, this app slash website found itself to be the centerpiece of a California Supreme Court case. And it all started when a San Francisco resident by the name of Ava Bird uh, signed, reached out to this event planner and the event planner's name was Don Hassel. And it was about their upcoming wedding, her upcoming wedding and signed a contract with the wedding planner, um, the event planner. And they had 15 different communications, the wedding planner it, with the bride-to-be after the contract. And there was silence, like radio silence. So after no response, the event planner dropped Ava Bird, which was the name of the client, and moved on. But it didn't end there. Bird went on Yelp and wrote this negative review really, really long about how she didn't communicate. And Hassel asked for the review to be removed. She declined, and it only escalates from there. All right. So, Alan... Um... A wedding planner got hassled and flipped the bird from a bride. What do you think of that story? Oh, okay. uh, <laughs> so I, I think Melissa, so let's assume this is a real story. She was very clever in choosing her main uh, character, having the last name Bird and the first name Ava, which means bird. So she's Bird Bird. So Damn I think it, that's that fascinating. was my joke. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, but Not yes, bad. that that would have that would have required a lot of hunting for a, a true story. I don't know how we get to jerk yet, but uh, I'm sure we'll get there in the next couple mm. rounds. Okay, and Gina, what do you think of uh, aside from Ava Bird's parents naming her Bird Bird? What did you think of? Well, uh, that I, I'm story? appreciating Melissa right now because I'm going to go to this Yelp place because if you can find jerks and the best places to eat, I'm in. <laughs> like that sounds so fun. <laughs> oh yeah, it's it's a real thing and it's 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 quite popular. Uh, yeah, so yeah, uh, interesting. Yeah, interesting. I'd like to hear more. I'm not really sure how plausible that one is yet. So I'm more on uh, Alan's side right now. But, we'll, you know, there are two rounds to come, aren't there? There are indeed two rounds to come. You don't know how, how plausible a, a bride having a beef with a wedding planner is? It happens virtually well, every uh, day in America. Yeah. A bird, flipping a bird. I'm with Alan. It's too many bird things. Have you not seen Bridezilla on Bravo or whatever <laughs> yeah, it's called? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I've also those. been one, so, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, all right. Well, we are done with round number one. All three of the round tracker dots are filled. So, Adam, excuse me, while I choke, please take us to round number two. I'm on it. Let's go to round number two. All right. So, as I mentioned at the top of the show, this is the round where we reduce the time. We constrict Ooh. the time down a little bit. We take off 15 seconds. So, each historian now only has 60 seconds to tell us their second round of their story and we're going to start with gina this time uh, gina you're going to go first so you and i are going to switch places when you hear the boom you have 60 seconds for your round two story okay 
So Mel Brooks was a prankster and a smart aleck before he even became famous. And when he was in the army, he um, made fun of a heckler while he was doing one of his stand-up routines. Um, and he, he said to him, I just I don't want to hurt you because I have GI issues because he was in the army. Get it? And so they put him in the stockade. So that's hilarious that Mel Brooks was in the stockade. Very shortly after he got back, he was hired to write on a thing called The Show of Shows by Sid Caesar. And that's where he met Carl Reiner. They were a writing team together with three other people. And um, one night at a party, um, Mel Brooks just screamed to Carl Weiner across the room. Um, have you ever, uh, oh, I hear that you were born during the crucifixion and or you were at the crucifixion. And he said, yes, I'm 2000 years old. And they developed a routine that they improvised at a party that they later brought to the Sid Caesar show. And it became a big hit. And that is when Mel Brooks was discovered. And then he started making things on TV, all those funny things. He met Buck Henry and he made Get Smart. Um, those of you who are young only know Steve Carell's version of that, but it was a TV show back in the fifties. Um, then he started making movies, but the best part about him is when he got his star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, which I'll tell you in the last mm. round. Ooh. All right. Well, let's go to Melissa first. Melissa, what do you think of Gina's uh, second round uh, story of Mel Brooks? Okay. I'm following with a lot of the details. I feel like there's a lot on her side that seems like truth, but I'm still going back to the fact that that's still weighing on my mind <laughs> and knowing all this stuff and all these details i feel like he would be such a competitive especially he's having early success with the hollywood star he would be a competitive jeopardy player that's what i think he, he would be he they they hmm. kept him out of the writer's room sometimes because he was a jerk because he played too many practical jokes so <laughs> you were kind of right he was wow. a little bit of a jerk uh -huh. okay uh, Alan, uh, what do you think? Speaking of the jerk, your your premise is on Steve Martin. What do you think of Gina's uh, second round? Uh, it was interesting. I do think that that's accurate, that he did work on Get Smart with Don Adams. Um, but I don't know too many details beyond that. She mentioned in the first round that Brooks is not his real last name, which also uh, reminds me that Albert Brooks is also not his last name. Uh, he's the brother of Bob Einstein, so that means Albert Brooks is actually Albert Einstein. <laughs> <laughs> what? Okay. That's a true. That is not a bluff. That is true. He, he has the curly version of his hair. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, man. All right. Well, let's see. So uh, we're going to jump to Alan. Alan, we're going to have you stay out there in the main square. And we're going to get your second round story, uh, 60 seconds on the clock, and the floor is yours. All right. So back when he was um, in the Birdcage Theater, uh, he was perform doing performances of Our American Cousin. Martin recalls that he was paid two bucks a show and performed 25 shows per week. And wow. he would perform with uh, a woman named Kathy Westmoreland and her sister Melody, uh, but it was with Kathy performing skits. They co-wrote uh, what would run after that, uh, that in the Knotts play productions that made the duo a local comedy smash hit. It became a success uh, that, that paired the branched, the, the, and the pair branched out to local clubs around town. The first of it was called The uh, Death of Socrates, uh, which, uh, excuse me, The Prison of Socrates, which featured the death of Socrates, which is in a very cool little video you can watch on YouTube once you're done with History Bluff. <laughs> <laughs> All right. 
Alan giving a little homework assignment to our audience here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Did you Friend just give our homework. audience homework? Yes, yes. Uh, YouTube uh, homework. Yeah, YouTube homework. Melissa, what did you think of Alan's second round story there? Yeah, so some things are starting to stick out here. First of all, um, you mentioned before, and I don't know if I caught this correctly, so he was working at the Knott's Berry Farm at some point between the ages of 18 and 22. And I believe you also said that that was part of the play production at the birdcage at some point, something with Knott's. And you also said the word branching out. And that made me feel like you're using too many words that are related and you're making it up. Oh, oh my gosh, oh. stop it, stop it. <laughs> there it is. Trina, your thoughts right before you you know what that's my fault for not letting you go first so uh you have the floor you have the floor now is there anything that you didn't you know no, they took all of my things, but not, no, just, I, no, fair, uh, fair and true. I, I love that. I, this is this because I, um, uh, I was listening to Alan's story, but then it got me thinking when we went to see Steve Martin and Martin Short at, um, Bob, at, uh, Dr. Phillips, Martin Short, everybody came in these like cute little, like, um, three amigos outfits. Everybody, oh. there were so many three amigos in Mexico. It was so fun. Wow, no way. I wish <laughs> yeah, I could have seen everybody that. dressed up. And this was like four years ago or five years. Like, that's how long <laughs> it's been. It was so fun. <laughs> oh my God. I would love that. I should have gone. Uh, next time. <laughs> yeah, next time. Next time. All right. Well, let's see. We have, uh, now one spot filled up. So Gina, I'm going to have you uh, stay out here, uh, Gina, mm -hmm. and uh, I'm going to have you go for your second round uh, story about Mel Brooks. So no, no, but I did already. I mean, I can go again because I have more stuff, but in, in which may or may not be true. Oh, that's right. did I miss? No, did did my, I? My you, nope, I think I didn't update the round tracker. I think we this is not me. Hold on, wait. Let's see. I can get it. Hold on, Adam. You're such a. There it is. All right. See, I did it. I did it. So if so, we have not heard from Melissa in this round. Is that correct? Well, that sounds right to me. We need all to right. hear that story. So, hey, Melissa, Adam, are you, you caught up? Are you good? Uh, it's all caught up. I'm here. Yeah. All right. Melissa, you have the floor. 60 seconds. The floor is yours. All right. So the reviews keep coming, and they're all jerk reviews under fake names. In fact, some of the usernames that Ava Bird uses are Bird's Eye B, um, and then she used all these other names, which... Don Hassel immediately was like, wait a second, I didn't have any clients by these names. And she kept asking for Bird to take down the reviews, and she refused. So a couple of months later, the event planner filed a lawsuit claiming that the reviews were damaging to her business. Bird failed to appear before the lower court, just didn't even show up. So the court agreed with Hassel, and in this case, there was testimony, evidence of communication with not only Bird, but wedding venues, dress designers, um, cake bakers, and all of these things. And eventually the court awarded Hassel more than $500,000 in damages, and they eventually ordered both Yelp and Bird to remove the posts. However, this case kept going. <laughs> wow. Oh, uh, man. Let's see. Uh, Gina, a lawsuit in America. Do you believe that? No, I don't believe it. But I do know if I were on the Supreme Court and I had to go through all of those people coming in and going out, I'd be like, oh, what a hassle. Oh, oh wow. <laughs> okay. It's, yeah. No. <laughs> but yes, but no. Alan, what did you think of the story, Alan? No, I don't blame you. <laughs>
No, so on that note, the fact that not only does Melissa find a story that features someone named Bird Bird, but that it involves <laughs> hassling a business and the groom's name is Hassle, it just sounds so made up that how could it possibly be made up? Wow. wow. Oh, the double. Oh, man. Oh, the, oh, oh. Wow. That's, oh man, that's true. It could be. Yeah, we're so we are now, let's see, Adam, we're at the end of round number two. <clears throat> so just to clarify, um uh I'm gonna just kind of give my take on the <clears throat> rundown of the show so far. We have <laughs> we have Alan uh picking up on the fact that Melissa is uh, her her main character Ava Bird apparently Ava somehow means bird so it's bird bird and then he goes on in the second round talk about a bird cage theater and branching out at Knott's Berry Farm all very much like okay uh, okay yes and then and then uh, we have uh, we have Melissa with her story about you know bird bird and and I believe it's the uh, wedding planner named Hassel not the group because that would be uh, interesting uh, to have uh, somebody naming. Marrying into the name Hassel, I don't know how many people would do that. Um, and then, and then, uh, and then we have Gina uh, with Mel Brooks, uh, and you know, he's such a master of comedy, and she is trying to get us to believe that he used uh, GI issues as an army comedian, uh, and uh, you know, talk about gastrointestinal issues as a GI. Uh, so I don't know where to point my accusation accusatory finger at this point we have one more round to hear more of these stories so that we could at least now focus on who we all believe could be the bluff for this evening's show so with that yeah with that being said i'm going to have melissa start the third round uh and so adam take us into round three please let's do it round number three So, Melissa, you're going to come up first. Melissa's going to be in the big box here. And, uh, Melissa, you are going to have 45 seconds now. We're shortening the time. Once again, third round, the concluding round is only 45 seconds long. So, uh, each the story right now has 45 seconds to conclude their stories. When you see the sundial and you hear the boom, the floor is yours. All right. So, after the lower court decided that both Yelp and Bird needed to remove the post, Yelp actually appealed to the California Supreme Court, saying that they were an aggravated party and the posts were not even proven to be defamatory. So after the Supreme Court of California agreed, um, the at first, it looked like, the floodgates basically sprung open. Glassdoor, Airbnb were all getting involved, saying that the court's decision basically weakened their legal standing. And so the Supreme Court of California agreed that the Ava Bird was responsible for removing the posts and paying the fine, but Yelp was not responsible. And then they tried to go a step further to the United States Supreme Court, but they shot it down. All right, Gina. I'm not going to let anybody steal your thunder. What do you got? Yeah, I was just thinking that if her birds, her birds made it to the lower court because you know they're probably just soaring, and then they flew to the little, and then, but they couldn't quite fly high enough to the Supreme Court. So I like the bird analogy. Very good metaphor, Melissa. I love it. That's good. That's good. All, <laughs> right. Me, yep. yeah. All right. All right. Alan, what do you think? The whole time. So I'm lost. What was the fine for? 
fine was uh, general and specific damages uh, for defamatory things because basically Bird was saying that the event planner never communicated at all when they communicated at least 15 times. Wow. Okay. Oh, wow. So it's almost like a, a libelous claim yeah. you're saying because mm -hmm. it's it's false. Mark that precedent down, though, because Ron DeSantis is going to need it against Disney. <laughs> <laughs> you got to prove libel to actually That's have a case. All must. right. I, mm, but then again, it's it's the, the groom's name is Hassel. Hmm? Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, I don't know. True. Are they still married? Not the groom. I kind of want to know. I know. <laughs> uh, let's see. All right. Speaking of grooms, let's go to our groom on the stage. Uh, Alan, uh, you are a uh, groom a long time ago, but groom nonetheless. Uh, you are uh, on the clock. When you get uh, the tone, you have 45 seconds to conclude your story. All right, I'm going to wind the clock a bit back, though, because back when he was uh, in Disneyland prior to Knott's Berry Farm, there was other stuff he was doing besides being a 10-year-old handing out uh, guides for showtimes. He worked in the Disneyland magic shop where he learned magic and prop skills that he would later incorporate into his live comedy routines. And you can still see them he to does. this day when he does magic. Uh, he also worked in the storage room at the Tiki Tropical Trader Shop in Adventureland. Oh. And he was a rope trickster on the streets of Frontierland. And it was in Frontierland where Martin most informally studied under the legend Wally Bogue at the oh. Golden Horseshoe Review. No way. Wow. The rest is history. Okay. Uh, what do you think, Gina, of Alan's conclusion? <laughs> I have questions. So if he was at the magic shop and he learned to do magic and then he did the rope stuff on the street, what did he learn in the, in the storage hut at the tiki shop? That did he was... learn how to fly like the birds? <laughs> <laughs> so I, it was the tiki trader, so it was probably a gift shop near the tiki room. Oh, uh, so he probably didn't do much. It's, okay. it's not, yeah, it, he was in the storage room, which was basically, you know, a, just a slight step up from being a 10-year-old handing out showtimes to people i think it was just a lesser known position but you know what it's a it's a lesson to be learned that even steve martin worked in the storage room that's great that's a great yeah if you and if you worked in the storage room i'm guessing he moved a lot of boxes probably yeah exactly he's exactly melissa i know yeah you got one you got one melissa what do you think of uh alan's conclusion there yeah, so going backwards, I'm confused about why he was bounced around to so many different places in the park. Was he not good enough at one of them? And they kept moving him around? Was he like startling people with his gray white hair at a young age and he had to, you know, do magic to make up for it? So right away, I think the moving around is something that like is kind of like your story moving around from time to time. So that's where I'm at. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It's also when he did Steve Steve Barn. Every time he would talk about him, he would do this. <laughs> I don't even think he knew he was doing it. <laughs> hmm. Like you have to when Steve, you know, like yeah. you talk about him, he's so goofy. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly. it. That's a great one. That's a great. <laughs> Perfect impression. For those of you at home, Alan just did the perfect impression of Steve Martin. Yeah. <laughs> man, this is what our audio podcast fans are like. Man, oh, now I got YouTube homework. Well, then they have to come to our live show on November fifth. That's, <laughs> right. That's right. That's right. 
We'll get to that in a second. But oh, first, yeah, we will. We need to hear the third and final story of this concluding round. Ooh. And Gina, that would be you. So oh, good. Okay, because it's fun. Come okay. here, and uh, now when you see the sundial and you hear the boom, you're gonna have okay, 45 seconds. To include your story about Mr. Mel Brooks. Okay. So um, he sort of got his start on stage when he was 14 years old and he was working up in the Borscht Belt in New York at the Catskills. And um, an older gentleman who was in one of the funny plays that was on um, got sick. So he he got the makeup people to do him up and he wore a little toupee. And um, he was a janitor, like a busboy almost, who had to pour water for one of the other actors. And he spilled it and the whole thing crashed on the floor. And so he walked to the front of the stage and he said, hey, I'm 14. What do you want from me? So the guy who ran the Borscht Belt hated him and like put him into just kind of working the pool and playing around with the people there, which he slayed. And then when he was um, in 2014, he earned a Hollywood Walk of Fame star. Um, because he's a prankster, and this is my favorite thing in the whole wide world, um, he met everybody and shook their hands and said hello. But on his other hand, on his left hand, he had added a prosthetic finger, which lives in infamy on the star on Hollywood Boulevard. Right across from Charles Reiner and behind him is his wife, Ann Benson. Wow. Like you print it and it's forever, and it's a prank, a forever prank. That's pretty cool. Wait, Uh, Melissa, go ahead. It's on his star, or it's in front of Man's Chinese Theater. The handprints. Okay, that makes. You can't just leave stuff on the Star Walk of Fame. You gotta. That's the the prints that oh. are in front of the Chinese theater. Well, I mean, he could, he could put six fingers on that thing. It might not make as much sense as in the concrete, but. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. So, Alan, I'm going to let you finish. You, you started uh, with some questions for you. What are your thoughts on Gina's conclusion story there? Uh, it sounds totally viable. I don't know about his history at the Borscht Belt, so uh, it, it could could be, could not be. I don't I don't know enough to say yay or nay, but uh, if it's made up, good job, Gina. Thank you. Thank you. Mm, right. yeah. and Melissa, what do you think of Gina's conclusion? Yeah, so there's parts of it that I like really believe, and there's just so much detail. But the details that stick out, kind of like the prosthetic finger, you know, with fakeness, <laughs> is um, the idea of spilling all of the stuff and then not being able to spin that into a comedic routine. I feel like Mel, Mel Brooks would not mm. get people mad at him for that. He would spin it. Um, I spilled syrup all over when I was like a waitress. I spilled syrup all over the customers mm. and... I didn't spin it, but I think Mel Brooks would be able to. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I didn't have the comedian that Mel Brooks. Yeah, like, <laughs> so suck it. <laughs> well, we are now at the point of the show where we have to determine who of our three historians is tonight's club. So we're going to go one at a time, and we're going to ask you each to give your rationale on why you think you're going to whoever you're going to accuse of being the bluff is indeed tonight's bluff. And I'm going to start with uh, Gina. Gina, who do you think is the bluff and why? Well, I would like to believe Alan's story because I really like Steve Martin and I'm into, you know, comedians and documentaries. And so I'd like to go find out more about him. I don't know as much. Um, But Melissa, I just think, and I love this, but Melissa is a wordsmith. She plays with words and she likes puns. And so the Ava Bird, Ava Bird fly, like all that. I'm thinking it's her. And I think it was clever, but we're clever too. So I feel like, ooh, tricky. All right. So that's a vote for Melissa by Gina. Yeah, that's what I wanted to say, basically. Yes, so we have one accusation of being the bluff for Melissa, 
by Gina. Melissa, what do you think? Who do you think is the bluff and why? Well, I think both of them, so both are stories about comedians. And I thought that both of them had parts that I believed and didn't believe. But I'm going to say that Alan is the bluff just because the story was a little all over the place. And I feel like Steve Martin would like, it would be very strange for him to be a small child showing children to the opera or showing other people where the opera times are. <laughs> I can't imagine. Not if he put his hands up like this. Hey, look, it's so believable now. <laughs> That's more scary. <laughs> also true. Hey, good point. You want to go to the opera. Yeah. <laughs> it's smashing. It's... He plays the banjo. <laughs> yeah, oh, yes, indeed. Play the banjo. So uh, we have Gina accusing Melissa of being the bluff. We have Melissa accusing Alan of being the bluff. Alan, what say you and why? Boy, so uh, so conceivably, I could vote for Gina, in which case no one gets away scot-free. Hmm. And that oh. should be the strategy. Also, the, the strategy of, of voting for the least bull as being the uh, uh, historian, the true historian, not being the bluff, that's that's backfired on me. So in long story short, I'm voting for Melissa because Bird Bird and Hassle did not hassle on Yelp and had to go to court. So I'm going to vote for Melissa. And that means if Gina's making it up, wow. we all lose and she wins. Okay. Yeah, it could happen. It could happen. So just to recap for those of you listening to the podcast, um, we had Alan's story about Steve Martin and uh, started with you know, him being 10 years old and jump forward, jump back to him being 14 and uh, and then uh, all that stuff. We had Gina talking about uh, starting off with Mel Brooks getting, uh, sorry, with Carl Reiner getting to Mel Brooks. Um, and uh, and again, you know, also using the technique of jumping back in time to him being in the Catskills. And then we had Melissa using the technique uh, about a, a, you know, as I didn't know Ava meant bird, but apparently Ava means bird. Uh, so the bird bird accusation that Alan is making, uh, and uh, and then and then you know the great technique of great bluff technique of throwing in a ton of detail. I love it because I have used all I have used all these techniques as I have been a in the past. So I, but yeah, I you know what I I'm gonna just I, I can't tell. I'm gonna defer to uh, Adam, who indeed knows who tonight's bluff is. So Adam, would you be so kind as to reveal for our audience who is tonight's bluff? All right, you got it, Chris. I'm going to take over from here. All right, I've got our our suspects lined up. Was your bluff for this episode of Jerk? Was it Gina? Was your bluff Melissa? Or was your bluff Alan? I and I alone know. I know who the bluff was. And I'm going to show you right now. Your bluff, it was Melissa. We got her. We got her. You did. You did. I have details, though. Oh, the details. I love the details. The names are 100% real. The names are not the bluff part. Yeah. So I'm like, man, I used everything that was actually a real court case, um, except it. the context was not a wedding planner. It was a lawyer. Oh. oh. Huh. So what did they yeah. do? Like, do you have to? They hassled a lawyer on Yelp? Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. They hassled a lawyer on Yelp. 
than a lawyer took them to court. Man. <laughs> I know. That wasn't smart, Ava Bird. <laughs> Ava Bird. Wait, Ava how does Bird Ava, what language is... neither had Ava Bird's parents. They didn't know that Ava meant bird, the bird bird, unless they did bird bird. This is probably the, the EVA style, but you know. I heard that, Adam. Yeah, okay. Wait, what that's did you good. Say? I said, said that's the word. Bird, bird. Well, realize now that truth is stranger than fiction, so yeah. the only true portions of her story we called out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I realize that. That's why we say it. That's why we say it. That is I'm it. The uh, worst. Uh, it is. <laughs> oh, hey, we have a news flash, everybody. Oh, we yeah, have a news flash. Chris, you alluded, it was alluded to earlier, but I'm going to let you have the fire about a special announcement about History Bluffs. That's right. We have a live performance of History Bluffs coming to downtown Orlando on mm -hmm. Sunday, November 5th at 3 p.m. at the Melrose Center inside Orange County Public Library. How about Central that? Boulevard. That's right, in downtown Orlando. downtown Orlando. Yeah, so our fans can come see us live there. So we will, of course, mention the show some more, and you'll be hearing about it and seeing about it more on the interwebs. Where, Adam? Where? Why, gosh, golly gee, on YouTube and on Twitch and on Facebook. Uh, and uh, who knows where else? Anywhere we can find a little spot to remind you to come see us and learn and experience history through the lens of comedy with us. That's right. That is that is the announcement of news. Back All to you, Chris. Right. Thank you very much, Adam. Ladies and gentlemen, let's give it up one more time for Adam, our tech extraordinaire. Thank you oh, so much. Appreciate that. Let's give a round of applause for all three of our historians. Great job, everyone. Uh, and let's give a round of applause to our audience watching on YouTube or Twitch or listening on the podcast. We couldn't be here without you. Uh, we could, but we'd just be talking to ourselves. But uh, we appreciate you very much. Um, and we look forward to possibly seeing you live in person on November 5th at the Orange County Library. Uh, thank you once again for tuning in, and we will see you next week on another episode of History Bluffs. Adam, take us away. You got it, Chris. Find us where you get your podcasts. Check us out on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch live every week. Come learn with us. <laughs>